going to the message, you know, what should I do, and how are we going to have paper time when we get to this point, and everything, and we've prayed for our nation already a couple of times this morning, but it's been emphasized two or three times as well, you know, we should pray for our nation, we should just pray for our nation, you know, so this morning, I, you know, what if we just go impromptu and forget about the message? How about we just go impromptu and we just forget about that and we just pray for our message? Even though we do that on a daily basis, many of us do. But not often uh, that we do it, that I don't know of any time that we've done it since I've passed here. Just stop, let's just stop and just pray for our nation. And just take a little bit of time and and lift up our nation and lift up our leaders and lift up our community and pray for those. And so I want to read a little bit of a story out of, out of um, this same book. So where there was another time that America stopped and they took their time of prayer and fasting uh, for a nation. And there was tyranny and there was things going on there that the Christians were being persecuted. So... Um, I want to also ask that if your leadership, you know, Ruby, Bobby, Donna, if you're in leadership there, you you kind of be thinking about it, and if you feel that, you come up as well. When we go into prayer there, and I'll let you guys pray, and then I'll pray, and, and uh, we'll, we'll just have a little bit of time of prayer here. Is that all right? <laughs> Is that okay? Can we do that? Can we just kind of go in front of and just kind of, I mean, we're celebrating our independence here from the tyranny of the British, and, you know, things that happened during the war. So I want to read this story. Now, how many of you remember George Washington's history? This talks about a little bit about George Washington's history and uh, when Adams declared a day of fasting and prayer. And so after George Washington was two terms, John Adams was elected the second president. The situation in France had changed. There was a French Revolution and atheistic reign of catch that. The second term, Washington had served two terms. The situation in France, France was having problems, same problems we're experiencing today. There was a French Revolution and an atheistic reign of terror. Um, in Paris, Robespierre uh, headed up the Committee of Public Safety, which accused and arrested then beheaded 40,000 of the businessmen and the wealthy and the royalty, including King Louis and Mary Annette. All churches were closed, religious monuments destroyed, graves desecrated, crosses forbidden, public and private worship and education outlawed. Priests and ministers, along with those who harbored them, were executed on sight. All in the intentional campaign to de-Christianize French society, replacing it with civic religion and state worship. Hundreds of thousands were killed throughout France, especially in the religious area called Verde. French privateers ignored treaties and by 1798 had seized nearly 300 American ships bound for British ports. Carolyn and French Ministry of Foreign Affairs demanded millions of dollars in bribes in order for them to leave American ships alone. Conspiracy going on. President Adams declared a day of fasting, March 23rd, 1798. 
And again, March 6, 1799. Can you imagine a whole year of this taking place? Y'all ready for the fight? <laughs> Are you ready for the fight of the United States of America? Yes. Amen. We're going to stand strong. Isn't that right? The people of the United States are still held in jeopardy by insidious acts of foreign nations as well as by dissemination among them of those principles subversive to the foundation of all religion, moral, and social obligations. I hereby recommend a day of solemn humiliation, fasting, and prayer that the citizens call to mind our numerous offenses against the Most High God. Confess them before Him with the sincerest repentance and implore his pardoning mercy through the great mediator and redeemer for our past transgressions. And that through the grace of the Holy Spirit, he might dis he, we may dis be disposed and enabled to yield a more suitable obedience to his righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The prayers of the country were answered and the war of France was averted. Today we're in a we're in an um, internal war, a silent war. And people that don't like the United States of America, that live in the United States of America, uh, don't like what's taking place. And they want to come in and they want to wreck what God has built. I mean, you know the United States is built on God's standards. Isn't that right? Yes, Bobby McDonald, you guys, Ruby, if you guys want to come. Anyone else, you guys feel led and you want to pray? You know, come on up here. Well, I'm, well, well, everybody that comes can pray, and then I'll close with prayer. So, um, but I tell you, we want to pray for the United States of America because there's no joke. There's 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 no, um, uh, you know, God is going to win. <laughs> and I can tell you this: it doesn't make any difference what the United States government does and how they act and what they do. God is going to win. Whether, whether the United States government uh, uh, you know, cooperates with God or whether they don't, uh, there's, going to be a, there's going to be a revival. There's going to be, uh, the church is going to rise up and the church will stay strong. I may be all ready for the battle. Okay, so this is it. We're, we're going to get into this battle. We're going to stay in the battle. And we're not moving until... Uh, you know, all hell breaks through. I don't care. I'm standing with God, right? Yeah. And so that's what we want to do. And we just want to pray for our nation. And so, Bobby, you, you pray however you feel led. And Donna, you pray however you feel led. Don's here. Uh, and we'll... <clears throat> Dear Lord, be with us as, uh, as you know, we know the right from wrong. We know the, uh, the way that you... Uh, have taught us that we are a group of people that will stand together, that we will uh, have the strength to see, you know, things through that that are uh, that are pressing on our minds right now. Um, we thank you that you give us the instruction, that you will give us the way that that we, you know, that is your way, and it is the way that um, you know we'll see an outcome. To glorify you. Dearly Father, you know that James and I have been talking these past two weeks about the country and about what's going on. And dear Lord, I know that we need to unify 
all of us Christians now know we are beautiful. And show the world that we love you. And love is what we need. Your love is what we need in this country that needs to come out. And I pray that you show us Christians what we can do to bring this country back to you, dear Lord, and not to Satan, but to you. And please bless all these families that are being hurt by what's going on. And let them know that you're there for them and that you still love this country so much and love all of us. That we are your creation. And may everyone remember that they are created only through you, God. And be with us and please show us what we need to do. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Father God, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Father God, for our freedom. Father, through the little skit, you gave us the message that sin can be beaten through your word. Yeah, that's right. Through your word, Father God, we can be conquered. Father God, we ask in your holy name to unify our country once more. Bring us all back together, Father God, in your word. Father God, please protect our police officers and our all of our military, Father God. Father God, when they have a confrontation with a person, Father God, give them the right words to say back to the person. Father God, please just give us all strength during this time of need. Now's the time, Father God, that we need you and you only, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Father, we just thank you so much today that we can trust in your word. Father, we, you said in your word there that we should pray for the leadership that you've placed over us. That we might, as your people, as your residents, as your citizens on earth, live a quiet and peaceful life. And Lord, we know that sometimes that uh, that battle right there, that quiet and peaceful life is, is not accepted by some. Because it is only you that can give us peace. It is only you that can give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. That, that peace that is foolishness to the world, but it is nice with you. And Father, today we just pray for our leadership. We pray for our president. We pray for our congress. We pray for our senators. We pray for every governor. We pray for every mayor, Father. And like Don said, we already pray for the police and all those who are in authority over us. Lord, we just pray for them. Father, we pray specifically that you would guide them, that you would lead them, that you would uh, give them wisdom, understanding. Father, we ask that you would illuminate their spirits with yours. And Lord, we ask you that you would turn their hearts and their minds toward you, toward righteousness. And Father, we thank you that it is so. And Lord, you said that uh, sin is a reproach to any nation, but we delight in righteousness as a church. And Father, whether the government changes their stance or whatever, Father, we as a church will stand strong. And Father, whatever it costs us, whatever it, uh, uh, whatever stand it takes, whatever stand we have to take, we'll take that stand. The Lord, as the Elm Valley Church, we commit ourselves to you today, once again afresh, through the communion table and through uh, your word. Father, we commit to you. We realize today that you are the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords over our life. Father, we know 
that times will come, even close to our neighborhood. Times have already uh, come in, and there's people who want to wreak havoc, even, even close to our neighborhood in Garfield County. But Father, we stand against those things. We stand against every demonic assignment and every demonic assault and every word that is spoken over us that is not from the kingdom of heaven. We bind you up and we lose you from your assignment. We command you to go from our community, go from our neighborhood, and go from our kids, go from our grandkids, and go from all those we're involved with. We release you from your assignment in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the true, right Spirit that He comes, that He lives, and He abides in each one of us real big. And Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for His blood. We place the blood of Jesus over every mind that's been mentioned today, over every body, every soul that's been mentioned today, we place the blood over there. That's a hedge of protection round about them. And Father, we thank you there is no disaster that will come near us. There no sickness or disease can attach itself to us and remain in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your promises and your word. Lord, we'll stand strong. You be praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. It's just good to spend a little time with the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. All right. We got a little bit of time left there, so I'm going to come a little bit of our message there. Um, let freedom reign, part two. <laughs> Amen. Now, I want to read a couple of scriptures here that we have in Numbers 14 and, and, and also um, Hebrews 3.17. You'll have them on the screen there once we get over there. But condition determines conduct until inter interrupted by an external force. Now, that statement right there, you have to listen to that statement. Condition determines conduct. Until interrupted by an external force. Now let's go ahead and read our scriptures here, and then we'll make some con comments on it. Deliverance isn't necessarily freedom, and we can see that by the children of Israel in the desert. We can see that deliverance isn't necessarily freedom. And uh, you know, so we want to kind of knock this thing in the head that God is sovereign over everything. God, He knows everything. God is everywhere all the time, and He knows everything about everything, and there's nothing hidden from the Lord, right? In that aspect, He knows that He is. He knows everything, but He does not authorize everything. He's not authorizing everything that's going on in the earth. I mean, believe that, right? God doesn't authorize. He doesn't authorize. He doesn't put His authority behind everything that goes on in the earth. We're going to see that in today's scripture. We're going to see that. Oh, Chris, you don't have to give this to you. <laughs> Here, brother. <bro. laughs> oh, good God. Oh, man. Almost. Oh, uh, that's much more I forgot all about that. So Chris is looking for the scripture and everything there, and he's back there feeling up, trying to figure out what she did. I forgot to give her the, the PowerPoint thing there. My bad. So, anyhow, we're going to see here. You have your notes or your bulletin. We want to see, we want to make some observations in this passage of Scripture here, in Numbers chapter 14, the 22nd verse. Let's go ahead and look at your notes. We'll go ahead and get started with it. I swear that none of these Israelites will enter the land that I promised to give their ancestors. These people have seen my power in Egypt and in the desert, but they will never see Canaan. They have disobeyed and tested me too many times. 
So can we see here by these scriptures, there's a choice that the Israelis made. There's a choice that they made. They decided themselves that it's just too much. Why? Because they believed the false report. Remember, uh, Moses sent ten, uh, 12 of the spies into the land of Canaan, and he said, go check that land out, go look it over, and we want to see how we're going to do this thing. And, and Joshua and Caleb came back and said, we are well able. Let's take this land. Let's go get them. It's, it's flowing with milk and honey, and there's great big grapevines over there, and it's a nice nation. Right? And they, they believed God's promise. Joshua and Caleb believed God's promises. They believed that. But we see also there was ten other people with them, and they said the giants are too big. They're way too big, and there is no way that we can ever take this promised land. We are like grasshoppers to these great big giants. There's no way we can get into this land. They, they believed that. That was their report. So how many of you know those two reports determine the fate and the future of the Israelis? They believe one or the other, right? They believe one or the other. We can see here, I swear that no one of these Israelites will enter the land of the promise to give their ancestors. These people will have, these people have seen my power in Egypt and in the desert. So can we see? Can we see that they see God's power? When they, when they got ready to leave Egypt, what did they do? God didn't take them the right way. He took them to where there was, they had to be dependent on God. And there was a Red Sea there. And the Israelis came up to that Red Sea. And uh, the Egyptians said, let's go get them. They got all of our loot. They got all of our jewelry. They got all of our gold. They got all of our possessions. Let's go get them. And they, the, the Egyptians was coming after them. And God told Moses, hold up your staff over that Red Sea. And wind started blowing, and the Red Sea departed. Depart, I mean, parted. I mean, right? Actually happened. That happened. The Red Sea opened up, and God's wind blew through there, and the Israelis went through that Red Sea. All over a million of them went through that Red Sea, and they got to the other side. And you know what the story? All the Israelis got through. The Egyptians said, "Well, this is a working," and they went. They started going through that sea. And before well, the Israelis got out and the Egyptians, before they could get to the land, what happened? Come back to <laughs> And God said, I don't think so. <laughs> Amen. And so the waters came back in and their enemies were washed away. Forty days later, Moses goes up to the Mount Sinai and they're seeing all kinds of things happen up there. God's given them the law, the cloud of night, the fire, uh, you know, the, the cloud of by day and the fire by night was leading the Israelis down through there. And, and, and so the power was there. The ability was there. That, that cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night was their, uh, their yes from heaven to go take Canaan. It was there. How many of you know God's gracious? <laughs> for 40 years. For 40 years they wandered around. Uh, a cloud by day and a fire by night. A cloud there, fire by night. Stood there. They had the power. It was there. They had the ability to go take Canaan in 13 days. But they choose, chose not to take Canaan. And they made a choice themselves. God didn't say, Oh, I'm just going to show off my glory out here in the desert with the fire by day and the pillar of cloud by night. I'm just going to show, I'm just here to display my power. 
So deliverance doesn't mean freedom. What happened to them? How many of you know the story? You, we know the story. We know that the Israeli said, you know, if we were just back over there, the slaves could whip us. They could tell us when to get up, and we just we had locks and onions and forget about this man and quail. Let's just go back. Forget about the promised land. Sometimes they'd just be better to go back. And they got mad at Moses and said, you know, what did you bring us out here for? What did you bring us into the desert for? You bring us out here so we can all die? <laughs> I said, well, let's just go back. All right? But you see, you and I, we have the same responsibility. We have the same power that raised Christ from the dead inside of you and I. That's, that's part of the born-again part. We have the spirit of the everlasting, the ever-living God living on the inside of us. Amen? Don't we? We do have that. Now let's look and see why they didn't enter. God tells us the reason. God didn't hold anything back. They have disobeyed and tested me too many times. See that on the bottom there? Disobeyed too many times. They've tested me. The God said, that's it. You, you just want to die in the desert. I'll have to raise up a new generation. But I'm, I'm looking at a group of people. We believe what God says. Amen? We're going we're gonna to sustain our community. We will sustain our community. We will stand for sustain Noble and Garfield County and Payne County and Kane County by obeying what God says. Amen. Amen. But see, if we want to thank God for a nation, thank God for all those things, but I'm going to tell you something. If the government doesn't change its mind, it's changed its stand, I don't care. <laughs> Praise God. Because if we keep going the way the government's going, guess what? Those people are going to die anyhow. You know, they're going to be extinct before long, right? Because <laughs> 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 so man or man can't reproduce. Mm. Let's get right down where we're at. Woman, woman can't reproduce. They can't reproduce, right? <laughs> You know, I mean, if you have a sex change, you, know, you can't reproduce. So we don't have, well, we got for about, what, 40 years we're in the world with this thing anyhow. So we're ready, right? And in the meantime, <laughs> amen. <laughs> I like that. Amen. What's going to happen? God is going to put people in the church. And God is going to raise up people out of the church. He's going to raise up another John Adams. He's going to raise up another Washington. He's going to raise up another person. And that government's going to go away. We're going to get people in there that can stand on what God's Word says. Amen. That's what's going to take place. I can prophesy. I can, I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt. That's going to happen overnight. But when you and I, as believers, we get a vision that's beyond ourselves. When we obey the Lord and we do what He says on a daily basis, I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen in our neighborhood. Right? Amen. All right. Let's go over to... Um, uh, Galatians 5.1 Galatians 5.1 um, for Freedom through the Son. We have a very good example today. Freedom through the Son. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Paul talking to the Galatian church. 
You and I have that ability. We don't have to get hooked up with slavery again. We don't have to get up, get hooked up by works again. That's what he's saying here. They were wanting, uh, the Galatian church was wanting to put them back under bondage. You need to be uh, circumcised and you know, and do all this. And Paul says, no, it's a circumcision of the heart. You believe on Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in, and now just obey him. You're free to live a righteous life. He says in Galatians, um, uh, freedom through the Son. The freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Same message God gave the Israelites back there. Just go take the land. <laughs> Just go get it. Just go take the land. It's yours. Go take it. Amen? And he does it through the righteous mindset. He that, See, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness and he makes us right with him. And so then decisions that we make, we understand that we have a peace that surpasses the, all understanding. How do we get that? We get it from the Holy Spirit and through God's word and through information we receive from God's word. And then we take that information and we obey that information on a daily basis. And it becomes more and more and more. And we realize that the things that God's doing in our community, we realize things that God's doing on our behalf uh, by the Holy Spirit. And the more we obey, guess what God does? He says, I'll give you a little more. I'll show you a little bit more. Right? Ah, it's good. And when you and I stand for his word, he says, I can stand behind that person. He says, I'll stand behind that person. That person stand for me. I'll stand for him. Amen? And God says for us to take the right, right, the, 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 the first step there. Listen, we've got a whole much more there. Um, a whole lot more to talk about there. Uh, here's the here's assignment for you. Acts chapter 19. You want something to read this week? You want something to study? Read Acts chapter 19. We're going to look at Acts chapter 19 here in the next few few times. Look at Acts chapter 19. We have a, a situation that's recorded in the Bible there in Acts chapter 19 where there's a minister that he takes a little detour. He comes over to Ephesus and he says, I'm going to go to Ephesus just for a little while. Uh, but I'm going to send my leaders on to Macedonia where I was headed. And um, he said, uh, he comes there and he finds 12 people. 12. 12 people. <laughs> he comes to Acts chapter, he comes to Ephesus. Paul does. And he finds 12. And he says, whose baptism were you baptized under? And they said, we were baptized under John's baptism. And he said, well, what about Christ?" So he tells them about Christ. So guess what happens? He baptizes them in the name of Christ. And then he goes and does all kinds of other nice things. You'll have to read the story and we'll talk about it a little bit in the next few weeks, okay? Acts chapter 19. You guys, you guys read it. Um, I think we got a song, Bob. Donna, you want to close us out? And I'll always come close us out. And um, listen, I care deeply, deeply, deeply for our nation. And I care deeply, deeply about the church of Jesus Christ. I care about the Christian belief. I care about the believer. I care about that. And, and, and God cares about it. That's right. And he wants us to stand for what he stands for. Amen? Amen.